I thought, that is so true. Anytime an idea, someone presents, even if it's like someone suggests to do something or presents an idea, you get this visceral instant reaction to like, I like that, I don't like that. And mm. and then as soon as it's true, as soon as someone maybe challenges or questions or you think you have to justify it, you kind of are making up reasons a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Like ultimately you either do like something or you don't like something. Just did that. I don't know. That just really stood out to me. Yep. No, I totally, I actually had that written down as well as something that was like, Hmm. Okay. That's an interesting way to look at things because it almost kind of goes with, and, and I always say like, this is the best piece of advice I ever received from my dad. He always told me to trust my gut. And I think that that is just like a very gut reaction of like, when someone asks you if you want to do something. Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia, and Puerto Rico to be exact. And we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole. And welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest combos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hi, hey, Nicole. <laughs> Hello, Kate. I feel like both of us have got our little dance moves going on now for our intro. I've been like a little doing little shimmies, little dance moves in my seat while you're reading your part of the intro. Yeah, I mean, not to brag on us, but I feel like our intro is very sing-songy. Like, I just am in the groove when either of us is doing it. I even dance to my own parts. <laughs> so fun how are you oh i'm doing great how are you i'm really good i'm really good and you have some fun news to share with us this week what did you do last week i don't know if anyone can hear it in my voice but i got my invisalign first aligner yeah. tray yes I got my Invisalign <laughs> so I don't know if I'm like either slurry or lispy I don't if think I am either I'm not okay no, I can definitely I feel like so. a whole lot of something in here and so it's a bit yeah odd. a different feeling you know mm-hmm. you had sent that video on whatsapp to celebrate the fact that you had just gotten your first trays and I did hear it then but it also might have just been kind of like you were saying that you had it. So I was like, oh, yeah, she has it. Like, maybe that's why I heard it. I sent that video literally an hour after I got the tray put in from the dentist. Mm. And I just come back from the dentist. And I sent you that video to you and to Cass. Thanking you guys because I had we had talked about this decision on our mastermind call. What? At the almost at the start of this year and I remember you guys like you know we always talk about like decisions that we're trying to make and this was a big decision for me you were both like just do it you know like don't hesitate and here I am what seven months later finally getting it done 
Well, I'm okay. So a couple things totally related our self care episode. I feel like that um, was something that we were chatting about in our mastermind at that time, too. We were kind of talking about like feeling bad for certain self care things. And yeah, maybe just some of the things that we kind of put on the back burner because we're like, well, I don't have to do that. Right. Yes. But I remember both Cass and I being like, yes, you do, girl. You Mm -hmm. want that. You go do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so because you helped me work through it, um, I was very appreciative. And so I was very excited and sent you that video. So, yeah, yeah so that's my little update. And um, awesome. I've been taking my little snaps of my smile every week. And uh, well, this is just week one. And so we shall see the progress. John Hopefully has t- done that with his. He's like, I think, I think he's over halfway his. And okay. it's pretty crazy to see his pictures uh, from really? week to week. Yeah, it's so cool. It's funny when you said that John was doing it as well. I'm like, it's such a great product, right? This is a kind of like the product that you want to have. It's got such word of mouth virality, right? As soon as you start talking about it and telling people, oh, yeah, so-and-so is doing it too. And for some reason, it's something that you want to start talking about, which is also, I think, some really good inbuilt virality to a product so yeah good good job guys at Invisalign (laughs) whoever you are hopefully you're not good people if you'd like to sponsor this episode reach out to us we're accepting you got four months where I can you know share my journey just you know saying it happy to do it (laughs) oh hey that's a really good one too that would be a great sponsorship because you would be giving updates about it it's not like you do it one day and then the next day you're like done with it right what about you? What's going I was going to say, what about you? What's going on with you, Kate? Okay, I have a fun little update. I don't I think I mentioned this before, but I was in a tennis tournament this past weekend. You were do tell. Yes. I did not know. Yeah, so um each year they have what they call the member guest tournament and it's like a whole weekend of events and we had such a great time. They had a Friday night welcome party. Saturday we played seven sets so they were shorter sets but it i played 28 games of tennis on saturday okay don't know what short means but that sounds like a lot (laughs) so typically in tennis when you um play a set your set is whoever wins six games first in this play it was the best of four so whenever you reached four games, that was the end. And so instead of like winning or losing a set, you were just tallying the games that you had won throughout the day. So we came out 28 games, we won 17. So it was pretty good. I mean, we didn't get like first place or anything, but well, I'm that's amazing. And I'm just and I know this is a very superficial comment, but I am looking at your beautiful tennis arms right now. In your tank tank top. (laughs) And so I can definitely tell they've been very nicely sculpted by this these last twenty eight games that you played in the twenty (laughs) eight sets. No, your arms always look amazing. I promptly had a massage yesterday, which Mm. felt really incredible. Like not just like a relaxing massage, but like an ART massage where they really dig in there. So that felt great after playing that much tennis. I've <laughs> oh, got so much admiration for you. Well done. Oh, that Aww. sounds like fun. Thanks. Yeah, it was great. Um, so Invisalign and tennis really have nothing to do with what we're talking about today. Or actually, they might have everything to do with what we're talking about today. 
Oh, how so? Because I was going to agree. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, at first I was thinking there's no way that this is related. But today's topic is you and I discussing a book that we've both read by Derek Sivers called How to Live. And maybe that's part of how we're living. Me playing tennis, you getting Invisalign. I think you might be onto something there. That's kind of what the discussion is about today. We're going to be sharing our thoughts on the book overall, kind of how we interpreted. Because if you have read this book, then you know it's quite, it's different. It's a different different, type of book. It is a different Mm -hmm. type of book, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, we'll link up to it in the description in case you want to check it out. Okay, and we should say in case anyone's like thinking, okay, I haven't read it, I want to read it. Uh, we're not going to give away an ending or do any sort of spoilers because there is this book is very. Um, it's how to live, and the subtitle is twenty seven conflicting answers and one weird conclusion. Yeah. So, Nicole, before we do dive in and kind of share some of our biggest takeaways um, from the book, let's let's do just like a super brief overview. Again, we're not going to give anything away here, um, but talk about maybe a little bit how the book is set up. Yeah, I think it's a it's a different kind of book, as we said, and so different as in how, like, what do you mean different? How is it different? I think initially as well in the title you might think it's like a manual into and it's a very kind of linear I think it's kind of it kind of gets you doesn't it right in the yeah. title like oh, okay this book is going to teach me how to live and it's going to go mm-hmm. you know, from chapter one right to the end and by the end I'll have the answer which you kind of do again yeah. no no spoilers we're not going to give out any spoilers but there is a, a conclusion that I suppose does answer I would say the question, if one would ask, you know, how should one live? Mm -hmm. But the way it's structured, which is super interesting, is that each chapter is dedicated to a philosophy or idea or a way of of yeah yeah philosophy, philosophy I suppose, and it goes really deep in that philosophy, as in a very kind of black and white definition of that way or that way of thinking. And then the opposed, mm-hmm. the subsequent chapter is the complete opposite. So, for, for example, and these are not in any order, um, how to live is to make memories. And then another chapter will be how to live is let randomness rule. Uh, one more could be how to live is to live for others. Yeah, so it, it does, like you said, just reading the title, and even if you opened it up and looked at the table of contents, you could say like, oh, okay, we're going to go through this flow of this very linear, like these are all the things that I should consider and how I live my life. But there is that constant, I almost felt like kind of game of ping pong-ish. Like I'm on one side of the table in one chapter, and then all of a sudden I'm like getting bonked over to the other side. Yes. Um, which again is is... It's something that I really appreciate about this book because it always, it kept you on your toes. It Mm. wasn't just like a, I don't know. I mean, I don't say this in a bad way, but it wasn't just like this light, airy read that you like kick back and get through in a day. (laughs) Right. No, exactly. And and because you go so deep and so many of the ideas in that whatever chapter you're in are very compelling and you're like yes yes I agree with that Mm. and some you'll be nodding more along and in agreement because you agree already that's kind of like yeah this is how I live my life or these are the things Mm -hmm. I do and but then the opposing idea 
is also very compelling. And yes. And he's like, a he's a compelling what? person. <laughs> so, like, how did you do that? <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, that's such a great point. Yeah. So, as you can tell, we're fans, right? We're obviously recording an episode about it. Yeah, and and we'll be talking about kind of our overall thoughts by the end of the episode here. But uh, what do you say we dive into a couple of our takeaways, Nicole? Okay, so there were lots of standout lessons for us, but we decided for the sake of you know keeping keeping to our time that we will just share like our biggest kind of aha moments and the, and the chapters that stood out to us the most so Kate do you want to go first and share which top which chapter really stood out to you yeah so one I mean all of these chapters had a little something that got me thinking which is what I really appreciate about this book in general, which I know we're going to talk about more later, so I won't go any further than that. But the first chapter that I want to talk about is chapter two, which is called Commit. And I think that this chapter resonated with me because of my past indecisiveness. And in this chapter, he really talks about like making a choice and then being committed to believing that you've made the best choice possible. Like you're just going to declare, this is the choice I made. It's a great choice and like move forward. Mm -hmm. And I struggle with that. Because every time I choose something, I'm like, hmm, should I have chosen something else? Or should I have done the other thing? Or, um, But he says in this chapter, so I'm quoting, he says, But seeking the best is the problem. No choice is inherently the best. What makes something the best choice? You. You make it the best through your commitment to it. Your dedication and actions make any choice great. So I thought, huh. If I just start to think about my choices and my decisions that way, maybe I won't be so indecisive anymore. <laughs> this that section, I remember that part that you just quoted because it was kind of a it's almost like a bit of a life-changing epiphany because I think a lot of us and interestingly enough, maybe this is one of the ties into our banter, the whole Invisalign thing, the decision mm. behind mm-hmm. that and the agonizing over a decision which is the right decision. I think so many of us just get stuck in that oh is this the right choice is that the best choice and this thing that he says right here is that forget that there's no such thing Mm -hmm. as the best it's the fact that you make the choice and that's it you've decided and so every action that you do your dedication your commitment makes it the best choice and I thought that was like (laughs) mind-blowing (laughs) <laughs> me too. That's why it stood out so much to me for those exact reasons. So, okay, thanks for tying the Invisalign in there. You're you're supporting my you're supporting my point now. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so, hang on a second. Just coming off our values episode, your number one value. No, your number two value was commitment. Commitment. I know I thought that too when I called this chapter out. And I promise you, I called this chapter out without realizing that first. It was only after I was making notes about it that I was like, oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So friends, if you haven't caught up on our conversations about our values, there was a bit of a spoiler there. Mm. <laughs> just in yeah, case you're not caught tune up. In. <laughs> tune in. Mm, okay. Wait a second. Okay. Did you do this 
setting the tone also for your number, your biggest takeaway? Because let, tell us what yours is. So the chapter that I chose that as one that stood out is a chapter on learning. So learning uh-huh. is how to live. Mm-hmm. So Your number spoil- one value. My number one value. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. So I in- inadvertently, subconsciously, however you want to put it, chose <laughs> learn as my chapter that I strongly resonated with. And there's a little bit of a meta thing that happened um, because – a, like in the chapter, what he outlines about learning and, you know, learning is how to live and, and for all these reasons, I also felt like in addition to the reminders, I also felt like I learned something in the chapter. So it's like, whoa, I'm learning about learning. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To, like, what was there a specific part that you thought that like, oh, okay. Or was it kind of throughout? Mm, well, I thought um, he points out like it's really important to understand why you're learning, uh, which I think is, is yes, that was a good reminder. Um, the other point is that emotions and having fun makes learning stick. So the more kind of engaged you are in any learning situation or the, the more enjoyment you're deriving out of it, it kind of helps with, you know, learning and retaining whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're learning. It made me kind of think about, little tangent here when I used to when I was teaching in Japan just at that time I don't know if the learning has like the the curriculum and the and 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 all of that has kind of changed but they were quite big on rote learning and I think that happens anywhere too like in in, I don't know if you experience this where you're just learning like memorization and Mm -hmm. you know you're teaching towards a test and you're memorizing things and then once the test is over and then all the knowledge is forgotten you ever experienced that with very many subjects (laughs) right so that whole memorization thing just doesn't work because there's no like you just feel like you're learning for the test and therefore okay the test is over now i don't need that knowledge anymore so that kind of long-term retention yeah so that made sense um what else i kind of felt like oh this goes back to our values chat as well um the oh, there was a quote in this book that was re- in this chapter that was that was really like uh, the easiest person to fool is yourself mm. so i think again this whole meta thing of understanding that once you think you've learned everything or you've got it you know it that's not a great place to be like you need to continuously mm-hmm. question and revisit your assumptions and your understanding of things because you can just easily convince yourself of whatever it is that you believe is the truth and you are the easiest person to fool. Yeah, kind of like I know that already. I don't need to learn any more on that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Always be learning type of thing. Yeah, always be learning. And and I think also just always remember that, oh, I guess the other reminder always just accept the fact that you could be wrong as well. Mm. Like just being prepared Mm -hmm. to be corrected or that things change or that your assumptions maybe weren't, you know, fully formed or whatever. Um, It's a very good life lesson. Mm. Well, this book is full of these life lessons, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And again, it's, it's in like being able to question it because like, when are you ever sitting there and you're like, Hmm, I wonder 
who the easiest person to fool is. Like you would just never ask, you would never come up with this stuff. That's why this book is so great is because some of the things he says, they just sound so far out there. But then you're like, whoa, wait a second. That actually hits really hard. (laughs) Yeah, right. I know very short. I mean, this is, I think, one of his gifts, just these very short, punchy sentences and ideas Mm -hmm. that have a lot philosophy depth you know all of that to it that makes you kind of pause and and stop and think i did notice that too this kind of like an aside but his writing is almost like poetry you know like there's no real rhythm to it well okay maybe not like poetry he uses punctuation and breaks and paragraphs very highly to strengthen or put emphasis on the message that he's trying to get across does that make does that make sense did you notice that i think this is where your english uh, major and Uh. writing comes out but you're you're right because the way the book is laid out that there there are always these not line breaks but there's sentences on new lines right short sentences new new line mm -hmm. new line is that what you mean right yeah Mm -hmm. exactly Mm, yeah. yeah yes i noticed that it's funny because yeah. you can you can kind of like it's actually quite a short book. I think it's only like 120 pages. Right. Yeah. But it's not like you can speed read through it. You can, but then you're. It's one of those books that you need to come back to because these ideas are so big. Yeah. Like, so many ideas that are so big. You'd kind of be missing the point, right? If you weren't like pause. I found myself pausing so much. I'd read something and then I'd be like, "Ooh, I got to think about that for a second. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh let's talk about our second aha. Okay, so my second one was chapter 11, which is do whatever you want now. Oh, I love <laughs> that I, chapter. <laughs> yeah. When I read the title, I was like, "Oh, yeah, I like this." <laughs> but he, he he has a he has a way of keeping you guessing though, because I don't always feel like the words are what they seem. Yeah, I don't know if you had that experience, but I was like, "Do whatever you want now." I love this chapter. And then there are some things in the chapter that I was like, hmm, I don't know if I like this chapter anymore. And then he'd say something and I'd be like, I love this chapter again. (laughs) (laughs) Because immediately when I, when, when you said that it's, is that the chapter on like, it is the chapter on um, living more spontaneously, right? Like not being very planned and well, it focuses on presence. And I think that that's why it resonated with me is that it actually like, it really wasn't what it seemed. Um, But it was really about, about being present in every moment. So one of the things that really stood out to me that he wrote, and, and I'm quoting, the only real time is this moment. So live accordingly. And I thought like, ooh, I, like that's something that I do strive for. That is how I want to live my life. But I also kind of found myself struggling a bit within the chapter two, because I am very much of a planner. And we talked about this again in our values episode that like, okay, sure, I want to do whatever I want, but I kind of want to have a plan for it. (laughs) And he talks about like not needing a schedule, just kind of flying by the seat of your pants. So yes, I guess you're right. It is kind of like that more fluid, um, 
you know, whatever excites you right now. I love that though you had that, but, but the ter- interpretation, it's true. There's a lot in there about living, being in the present. Um, mm-hmm. So that's an interpretation. And this is the other thing about this book. In many ways, you, you know, you're taking your own interpretation, but you're also. Well, you're almost like trying to balance what he's saying with your experiences. I found that to be true for me. It was like I would read yes. something that he wrote and then I'm like, okay, how does this fit into my life right now? Yeah. You know, yes. kind of like yes. trying to balance that. I remember that I really loved that chapter and there was another part in that that stood out to me. I I, I just pulled it up here on my on my Kindle because that's how I listen. That's how I listen. That's how I read this book. <laughs> uh-huh. This was this was a killer for me in a good way. You know immediately whether you like something or not. But if someone asks you why, you start making up reasons. The truth is you like it or you don't. That's it. That's life. Mm. And I thought that is so true. Like if you anytime an idea, someone present, even if it's like someone suggests to do something or presents an idea you get this visceral instinct instant reaction to like i like that i don't like that and Mm. and then as soon as it's true as soon as someone maybe challenges or questions or you think you have to justify it you kind of are making up reasons a lot of the time Mm -hmm. like ultimately you either do like something or you don't like something just did that i don't know that just really stood out to me Yep. No, I totally, I actually had that written down as well as something that was like, hmm, okay, that's an interesting way to look at things because that it almost kind of goes with, and, and I always say like, this is the best piece of advice I ever received from my dad. He always told me to trust my gut. And I think that that is just like a very gut reaction of like, when someone asks you if you want to do something or if you want to join something or like whatever it might be, mm-hmm. I do feel like we don't always listen to this, but there yeah. is that very immediate like, nope, nope. Right. <laughs> or like, yes, yes, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think we might have talked about this off mic too. Like sometimes you feel, I don't know if it was around obligations or decision-making around, you know, being asked to do things. You kind of go back and forth, you second guess, mm. but you, you literally did have that first initial instinctual response and it was yeah. either a yes or a no. I think that's one you of his other know. books, right? The Hell Hell Yes or Hell... Yes. Yeah. I saw that when I went to his website the other day. I was like, oh gosh, okay, I guess I have a couple more Derek Sivers books to read. <laughs> it's the same kind of concept. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Yeah. I haven't read it. Yeah. Ooh. We will read it. I will read it. Yeah, I will read that too. <laughs> okay, what was your number two? Well, my number two was one that I didn't I wish it wasn't my number two but I resonated a lot with this chapter and it was chapter 18 prepare for the worst oh yeah it sounds so serious it does sound so serious and I think the chapter that precedes it which is the opposing idea is chapter 17 laugh at life and I just would rather be the person that laughs at life and doesn't take everything so seriously and imagines the worst so (laughs) I can see that right but I was like this is me I'm always thinking about the worst case scenario 
But to back that up, were some really good quotes from that chapter, which I thought, yeah, okay, see, it's not such a bad way of living. It's not such a bad way of being. Mm-hmm. I didn't try um, everything. Ha- everything that happens is neutral. Your beliefs label it as good or bad. The only way to change mm. your happiness is to change your beliefs. Ooh, Whoa, that's a biggie. That is a biggie, right? Yeah, I want to live life that way. But that's preparing for the worst. I know, but <laughs> when you say it just in and of itself, it doesn't sound like you're preparing for the worst. It sounds like you're preparing for amazingness. Don't well, you think the, so? Yes. And I also, the like as doom and gloom as, you know, that way of thinking maybe I've been challenged in the past for thinking and planning for the worst, maybe – I find a comfort in it, in knowing that, like, I've accepted the worst case scenario. Mm. And therefore, and I think he mentions it in the chapter, like, it's a way for preparing for any eventuality and not being, and of course, you can't prepare for every single eventuality, but that mindset of, and I think this is why this chapter was like, yes, it's okay to prepare for the worst. It's okay to imagine the worst case scenario, because if it does happen, I honestly feel like it it won't seem as bad. Well, and I just feel like you when you because I do that too. I always am <laughs> thinking like, okay, but what if this and what if this and what if this? I just feel like you're better. I have peace of mind that I'm better prepared to your, mm-hmm. to your point, and I feel good about having considered multiple options because I don't think that it's very smart to just. Ooh, okay. See, I could see myself like, oh, this is just arguing both sides. How many times have we done this <laughs> in so many episodes, right? We're like, hmm, okay, I could or- argue the other side of that. I guess that's what he's doing, right? Yeah. But I, I was just po- thinking that, okay, like, yeah, yeah, I was just thinking two opposing things about the same thought. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, I get pulled up on it all the time, like from friends, family. It's like, don't imagine all these scenarios un- unless they've happened. And I'm like, okay, but I like to think about the decisions I would make in those different scenarios. And mm. I feel like that gives me a sense of preparedness. Yeah, I even feel a little bit of peace of mind. I'm like, okay, I considered that, I considered that, I considered that. Like, yeah. But the other chapter, Laugh at Life, I, uh, you know, I thought was also very compelling and very powerful and I can see the benefit. I see this in Omar as well because I always see one of his really great traits and the qualities I love about him, going to gush on my hubby for a moment, Mm. is his ability to always find something humorous and say something humorous about even a very serious situation, which blows my mind how he can do that. And... And I was like, yeah, okay, that's a really good attitude to have because I can see the benefits of that play out, literally. I've seen it so many times where he's able to diffuse a very tense situation or a very tense moment with something comical and something, you know, maybe a silly remark, a witty remark. And I'm like, how did you do that? How did you find a moment (laughs) in this, like, stress to – I don't know, make that joke or say, or find that, yeah, make that observation. That's quite funny. Yeah. I, th- well, okay. So let's go back to the book though. Within each chapter, you know, you're, it's called to question and you're 
kind of thinking like, well, okay, a little bit of that is good. So is a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'll say. (laughs) Taking the mic away from Nicole. (laughs) Oh, okay. So these were both great. I know that we could go on and on and discuss every single chapter in this book. 27 of them. Yeah. Right. We we won't (laughs) as much as we'd love to. (laughs) Yeah. We'll spare you. <laughs> but you definitely should. It. Yeah, I was great minds. I was just gonna say you should definitely read it. <laughs> um, well, what do you say we wrap up this episode with just kind of sharing? I know we have like sprinkled throughout, but what are your overall feelings on the book? And yeah, I think and the reason why I think everyone should read this book is I think the book challenges you to question a lot of the assumptions about life and the way you live or the, the life about living a life in this world that you like that you might have and I think a lot of the times I think we get sucked into the mantras and the messaging that gets you know thrown around whether it's like no regrets YOLO all of those things mm-hmm. um, I think it's very easy to get or, or it's very easy to subscribe to one way of living or one set of ideas and philosophies and that's fine you know you can choose whatever like we're not saying anything is right or wrong here i'm not saying that but and I, and this is the thing he never actually says anything is wrong and there are some very opposing um mm-hmm. ideas but i think it just makes you makes you question your own, yeah. your own beliefs, your own ideas. And because you've, you're, you come to question those assumptions, those ideas, I think it really opens your mind to just seeing that and understanding that other people might have a very opposing philosophy, a way of life, a way of living. And it just, I think it makes you more tolerant and understanding to the different ways that people think that you know they should live their life yeah um it it definitely opened my eyes to understanding that even a very opposing way of living or a very opposing idea as as opposing to my belief as it is it can still seem very compelling and very right and very true Mm -hmm. and very much a way to live yeah. Well, and on that uh, on that line of or train of thought, like I felt like I came out with a deeper understanding of what my beliefs are. Like and some of them changed or or yeah. at, they were at least challenged, but like I feel like it helped me even be more confident in the way that I'm living, which I really appreciated. That's a great outcome. Yeah. 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 All right, everyone, go and read the book now. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But soon. Um, Yeah. Okay. So I did. We mentioned this earlier. I'll expound a little bit. I did find myself quite frustrated multiple times throughout Mm -hmm. this book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But in the end, a big lesson for me was to not take things so seriously or literally And I feel like my frustration with the book is what allowed me to come to that idea or thought because I'm like, why am I so frustrated with this book? This book is here to help me and teach me and ask me these great questions. Like, why am I taking this so seriously? So that was a great lesson. You know, I tend to 
overthink things and go really deep into the what ifs to our discussion previous to this. Um, yeah, and it just made me realize like life doesn't have to be that way. And I, I just like that this book presents a lot of what I was like thinking, okay, that's kind of like overboard or crossing the line. Like you went a little bit too far, Derek. <laughs> but I think that he does that on purpose to make you see things from you know, like you were saying, from a different perspective to understand that like, oh, okay, I can I can see this opposing view of the same idea or philosophy and I can see why you would feel that way about it. So, yeah. And that's so cool because, I mean, we're just all about the perspective shifts, aren't we? Yes, definitely. And having these amazing conversations. This was fun. I liked us uh, digging into a book that we've read, a little mini book club episode. I liked it too. So friends, really, we'd love to hear from you. Do you like the little book discussion episodes? Let us know. Maybe we can dig up a few other books from our repertoire and have a little chat about that. Oh, well, friends, as we close out today's chat on Derek Sivers' book, How to Live, we hope that you've picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward. And we do hope that you'll pick up the book. It's really great to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.